In this episode of The Interface, I speak with Gordon Vinther, General Manager of Arden Concepts in Hampton, New Hampshire. Gordon founded Arden Concepts in 2003, and the business was acquired by Amphenol in 2018. We talk about the events that led to him taking a leap of faith and forming his own company based on his developments in compression mount connector technology. We talk about the challenges of leading his small team in the first couple years and about finding an early adopter in one of his ideas with Teradyne. We discuss his courtship with Amphenol leading up to being acquired and how he's now utilizing the power of Amphenol to open new doors for the company. And finally, we discuss why he named the company Arden Concepts. This is The Interface. When did you start Arden Concepts? I started Arden in 2003. And how did that come about? I used to work in the uh, pogo pin industry um, for Everett Charles Technologies Mm -hmm. back in the 90s. And I created a pogo pin technology for them that made them a lot of money. I was the first guy to put the spring on the outside of a pogo pen. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, to, by doing that, I was able to make it very short so that it was good at high frequency test. <clears throat> and high frequency test was just becoming an issue at the time. And uh, yeah, like I said, they, I started a new division for uh, Everett Charles, the semiconductor test division, which had sockets and load boards. And they bought a company out of Minnesota, Prime Yield, who already had the customers and not really any good technology. And they moved me up there to transfer the technology up there so they could do this sustaining engineering. And uh, I lived up there for a year and got all that done and got some automation put in, some design automation. And uh, just I asked, I just wanted to be included the next time I had a, a good idea. And of course, they weren't up for that so <laughs> i was young enough that i decided i would try on my own next time yeah what, what was so that I like? left. yeah go ahead sorry it was uh it was good because uh i always wanted to run my own company and i told myself early on that i would if i could fold napkins for myself and make money out of it i'd do it and so <clears throat> taking the leap of faith and just saying next time i'm gonna i have an idea i'm gonna take it to market myself um, just was invigorating and I left there with a lot of jazz and I started consulting in the industry up in, in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And during that time I was developing this technology. So can you like give a, a brief overview? Like when you decided, okay, I want to break out on my own now and I want to do my own thing. What, what was the process that you went through in order to form your own company? So, I had some experience in the industry and I had a Rolodex Mm -hmm. and because I had, I bought a house in 99 in California, I had some equity in that house. Mm -hmm. So once I had an idea and got it validated with signal integrity measurements through an outside consultant, Mm -hmm. validated my theory or the theory that it was working under, then I decided to just put it all on red, so to speak. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> did you have a family at the time? I did not. 
Yeah. So no family, no kids. So it was, I'm not saying it made the decision easier, but a, maybe a little bit easier. Yes. Um, but Somebody was counting on me. I, I, moved, I, I sold my house, um, bought computers on the way back across the country. And I had them open up an office here in town, mm-hmm. <clears throat> paid people cash out of my pocket for a year and a half. Wow. And, and filed patents and stuff. And we eventually, our first customer actually was Teradyne before they were bought by Amphenol. Okay. Yeah. So, so the CTO of Amphenol has known me for since the beginning. So you, how many people did you, did you have anyone working for you when you first started that? Yeah, I had me, myself and my sales partner, Stephen Cleveland, who was founder of the company, and uh, one other engineer. So there's three of us in a one-room office above <laughs> yeah. the hardware store. And this was this was back in, in New Hampshire then, where you, where you yes, now reside? Yes, in New Hampshire. Okay. Yep, same town, about a quarter mile from here. You started, it, was, it took you a while to get on your feet, so to speak, with you and the two other two other guys you had working for you. Uh, what was that? How was that process during that time until you finally get to a point where you felt comfortable? Um, well, we, <clears throat> we were able to feed ourselves and to grow just organically without taking money. And I think I started drawing a check about a year after we started a meager check. So I guess that was where I felt like, you know, I can go look for a house and all that stuff and mm-hmm. start living a life. Because up until then, I was just renting a room. So what was the, the, the first customer, the first sale you had? How, how did that come about then with this technology that you were doing? There was two of them. One of them was a strip test uh, socket that tested 32 devices that were SOCs in a strip for Cohue. And then it's pretty much the second PO was an option on the technology from Teradyne through Tom Penn. Mm-hmm. And because they all liked our technology, it was novel the way it was and simple. And it looked like it had frequency, high frequency characteristics, but they were all waiting for me to prove that there was some market viability for it. When, when we first started the company, frequencies were so low that our product was a nice to have, not a have to have. I see. Yeah. So we, did, we had a very limited market. And then as 28G became the mainstream protocol for enterprise servers, our technology became a have-to-have as opposed to a nice-to-have in certain testing and applications. So uh, that's when we really started to take off. What made it a have-to-have technology? Uh, Frequency capability. I see. Bandwidth, fidelity, all those things. Bandwidth, primarily. And it was in the design of the... Right. It was in the design of the, the Pogo pin uh, system that you had developed. Was it just an extension yes. of that? Yeah. Yes. It was a, uh, the, the approach that we took when we designed this new contact technology was just a single piece of wire. And it looks like a torsion spring kind of turned at a 45 degree angle. And as you compress it, the coils slide on each other. And so we can make a contact that's a mechanical contact that's all metal that's three quarters of a millimeter tall or shorter. Mm-hmm. The, the one that we use as a standard is three quarters of a millimeter tall. And since it's so short and we're able to isolate it and put it in a controlled impedance environment, we can get very high frequencies through it. So you get this on a couple systems. You feel like, okay, maybe we have our 
were settled a little bit. When did you realize, wow, this is really taking off? What was what was that? When, when we, did that happen? When we ad- adapted the technology to multi-coax. I see. Which is the product that most aligns with uh, military aerospace. So the, the state of the art up until then had been SMAs and SMPs, mm-hmm. which solder down onto a board or a press fit. And they're, they take up a lot of real estate. And subsequently, you have to have long traces to, to make all that space on the board. And, and traces attenuate high-speed signals. So the goal was to get the SMAs as close to whatever you're measuring, like that chip, as possible. But since they're so big, that can only be you can only get them so close. So our technology allows you to put a connector right next to what you're testing, therefore keeping the traces very short and the signal fidelity. So when you're taking a reading on your device, you're only seeing the performance of the device. You're not seeing the degradation of the whole system. That was revolutionary in a sense. Well, not revolutionary, but it was a a vast improvement for what was in the market at the time. Yes, and it was a... uh, uh, unsatiated market segment. <clears throat> there was some companies fooling around there, kind of half-heartedly, and but nobody taking it totally seriously. And then once we figured out our technology worked in that environment, we we took it very seriously, and it's become our largest product segment. So, if you could describe now, I mean, now in in 2020, and and maybe we'll go backwards in just a minute, but your product portfolio now and your technology portfolio and some of your capabilities. If you could just run through those for, for people who may not know what Arden Concepts does, how would you describe it? So fundamentally, our technology is all compliant technology, which means there's no mating part. There's no male-female connector. It's just one piece. And it electrically connects to another environment through compression, like to another board or to a chip it connects it to compression. So that's what we're experts at. Um, and we've adapted that technology to test sockets, board-to-board connectors, multi-coax, um, near-chip OEM connectors for enterprise server market, all those kinds of things where the advantage of a compression technology and signal, signal integrity, which is starting to be realized more and more by the industry is taken is realized the advantage of having a compression technology because when you solder two things together there's all kinds of things that can happen but one is is the amount of solder isn't consistent and that Mm -hmm. amount of solder is capacitive so it can be parasitic in addition to that the way connectors have been done historically is they've been press fit into holes in the printed circuit board those holes are just like vias to, to take signals down to inner layers in the board. Right. Well, those vias are very inductive, and they are also bad transmission lines. So what Amphenol has found over time is that you get a cleaner signal, higher speed through a compression mount system as opposed to a solder down system. So where's the where's the limit to this then, or or where do you see like <laughs> the next steps going? Well, there's two branches. Sure. One one branch is OEM to continue to make products to satiate AICC's customers in uh, enterprise servers. Right. That's the biggest market. But then there's the test market, which has been our bread and butter for 20 years, not quite 20 years, 17 years. 
And that market is sockets and multi-coax and board-to-board connectors. I mean, those things play in OEM too, but they're not as prevalent, whereas the the near-chip connector is something that would only be OEM, really. What you're trying to do now as, as being part of Amphenol, what it allows you to do is hopefully gain access into markets and areas and customers that you might not have had the opportunity to before, right? Definitely. Yeah. Our our biggest problem, even today, even as an Amphenol company of 18 months, is we go in front of a customer and many times they've never heard of us. They don't know what we offer. And when we bring out our breath of products, they're like, oh, well, this is interesting. We wish knew, we knew you three months ago, but we have another project coming up. So yeah. even with the Amphenol and all the breath, we're still an unknown. So our job every day is to become more and more of a known, get more and more leads at the top of the funnel because we close them. We have a very high close rate. And once people understand our technology and, and have an application for the technology, we get the job. It's almost that simple. So when you were first acquired by Amphenol or just prior to that, obviously uh, you must have been attractive enough for Amphenol to be interested in you. Um, and vice versa. I mean, you knew about them working with Teradyne and and probably TCS and and some like divisions in the in the AICC group. But how did that yes. whole courtship come about with Amphenol? Uh, well, we um, we auctioned. We got the company positioned ready for sale. It was making good money, mm-hmm. and it was um, it was a time that we needed to bigger market um, availability. As you mentioned, you know, we needed to expose our to larger markets mm-hmm. and we knew that plus we were coming up with these oem products that i told you about where there's no way that intel's going to base their next 2020 server line on a connector made from a 10 million dollar company in new hampshire right right but they would do that if it was an amphenol thing so uh, we knew that the time was right so we put it up for auction and um the Amphenol guys were always my aspirational inquisitors because I knew them and I knew their capabilities locally. Mm-hmm. And uh, and thank God they came to the table. <laughs> yeah. So what's it been like to be a part of the Amphenol family in in the last 18 months, as you said? You know, there's a lot of different ways that can go, and it, and it depends on your performance, right? We had a, more or less a flat year with good bookings. We mm-hmm. booked it all in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't hasn't been butterflies and rainbows, but I will say that any of the decisions made thus far are decisions that I would have made as well. I see. They, in hindsight, are mistakes or oversights, I will call them. But at the time, I would have made the same decision, given the resources present at the time and and what we were trying to accomplish as a team, I would have made the same decisions. But in the end, we, we had to backtrack on some things. So have you been able to grow since that point? And do you see... Uh, I mean, it sounds like you're trying to at least start to make a name for yourself and and attach ardent concepts to the Amphenol, uh, Amphenol family just from a, a market perspective. But what do you see? How do you see the prospects of growing here in the next, say, three to five years? Well, I think that uh, the the multi coax product, which is our largest product line, is a very complementary product to the AMAO's SV division, SV microwave division. Right. And the reason is, is because our competitors in the space sell patch cords and SMAs and SMPs and all these things that, that SV sells. Um, and then they sell a product that can work in our space. Whereas 
us. We just have this one product, so we don't have a full bag. So we're not talking to all the customers. We don't get to meet all the customers. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fact that we're take advantage of that, I think, will will get us a greater top of the funnel penetration. So is it fair to say that you see yourself as or, or your your division as a great complement to what a lot of existing Amphenol divisions already do, uh, in addition Definitely. to the fact that you have your own standalone products as well. But it sounds like you can complement so many other Amphenol divisions with with the technologies that you've developed. That's absolutely true. In fact, um, you know, uh, Amphenol SV Microwave makes some products where they're already employing our technology to to increase the ground stability of some of their interconnects and same with AICC they're the, our parent division but they're the, the backlink group is using our technology and their latest backlink connector so yeah there's there's room for the technology all over Amphenol anywhere where there's high speed no it's very interesting and and I mean I'll be honest other than looking at your website and hearing a little bit about you guys I didn't really know much about uh, Arden Concepts which where did, where did the name come from just out of curiosity so I sat down with a girlfriend at the time and I wanted it to be an A word. And if you know me, which you don't, you'd know that I'm a very passionate individual. And so when I learned that ardent meant passion, it was, it was, that was it. Didn't really? take any thinking, thinking after that. Yeah. Means- and uh, everybody I know that knew me in my past days were like, that's the perfect name for you. So <laughs> Because I was curious about two names. First was Arden Concept, and then I know you have uh, some products, the uh, the Terminator. Yes. Yeah. So, so I didn't I that, didn't know if that was just a play on the movie or it just happened to fit with the the products you were actually making. It happened to fit with the products we were making, and we took the movie's font actually. Yeah. But we call it we call it TR now. Um, and the reason why that we're not marketeers, we're engineers. Yeah. We we compete on math basically. Right. At least that's my perspective. Yeah. The I sales guys would have, uh, the sales guys would not agree with that. But um, so when it came time, we were just a little company and, you know, we just did what our best. And Terminator comes from the fact that we're terminating all these cables to the printed circuit board at one time. Yeah. So instead of screwing down 16 SMAs, you have two screws that connects 12 R or 16 RF channels with one block. Yeah, that's yeah. I just I loved the name, and I did notice the font too, probably because I'm a fan of the movie. But I was like, wow, they (laughs) (laughs) must be a big fan of that. And I wonder what Arden stands for. But I guess now, now I know, so that's good. Um, Yeah, yeah, I love it. So it sounds like things are are going well. Um, Trying to, you know, and I know it's a long process when you get acquired by a company like Amphenol. I think to build awareness. I hope this helps a little bit, you know, maybe two or three people or more hear this and go, oh, I got I have a question about uh, their technologies and maybe it could work in an application I'm working on. Um, yes. so I'm, I'm hoping that's the case uh, because it sounds very fascinating. Well, good. Me too. Well, Gordon, listen, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today. Um, I wish you all the best and um, thanks again. All right, let, let us know any other opportunities that you have for where we can get our name out there, okay? I'm, uh, we'll do anything. Absolutely will. Thanks again, Gordon. If anybody ever tells you no, you tell me. Okay? <laughs> I, I will. I know now that you're very passionate and ardent about this, so I'll make okay. sure to get a hold of you. Thank All right, you. thanks again. Thank you.